Welcome back to the Cordell and Cordell and Men's Divorce Podcast. I'm Scott Trout, CEO and Managing Partner of Cordell and Cordell. We continue to bring you information for guys before, during, and after divorce. Anything related to family law, we're talking about it during this uh, twice a week podcast now that we're doing this during COVID in week 30. Uh, continue to look out for our November virtual town hall. I'll give you more information about that uh, at the conclusion of our podcast. And today is no different in terms of the tips we're going to give you. But always, as I start my podcast, keep in mind that do not take this as a substitute for a consultation or legal advice with an attorney who really focuses exclusively on family law. I've talked about that for weeks and weeks. Uh, and including before this during our seminars in the evening. No attorney-client relationship. We want you to seek out a consult. Your case, your facts, your circumstances would often and likely dictate something different as a result. But again, this is so great informational. We've been getting great advice from our panel of attorneys from around the country at Cordell & Cordell, including the UK. And today is no different, but keep in mind that if you want a consultation, you can find us on the web at cordellcordell.com, or you can reach us at 866 Dad's Law, 866-DADS-LAW, again, also on social media. You can find this podcast, as you did, as well as all of the rest over the last 30 weeks uh, on our YouTube channel, where you can see video and podcasts and listen and get some great tips and information. So let's get started today. I'm joined by uh, Jennifer Walner-Saltzman. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here with you. Yeah, me too. We're talking about a topic, honestly, that we really haven't uh, dove into very much in a podcast over the last 30 weeks, which is mediation. And I know a lot of people hear it and they are confused by it. And it certainly means something different to each person. And particularly, depending upon where you are, it could be Pennsylvania, it could be like you said, Jersey or Florida, or in many other states, when I'm practiced in Georgia, uh, it was mandatory. And so uh, we'll get to that. So maybe we just start out simply and, and inform guys listening right now, you know, let's overcome whatever um, erroneous information they've got. But what is mediation in family law? Well, I mean, mediation in family law can be different things depending where you are. But in essence, it's when you and the other party go before a third party neutral, who's typically an attorney, that person doesn't have to be, but the two of you Um, with your attorneys go before this third party who's solely there to try and help you resolve the issues. Um, And the third party is not meant to take a side, but he or she is really just there to make sure um, that the issues are on the table and to see what can be done to bring the parties closer together. And it can be with respect to one issue um, that's very discreet, or it can be with respect to a big case with a lot of different issues, you know, ranging from divorce issues to, to children's issues. So it can be um, on, a, on a grand scale or it can be on a very small scale. Yeah. You know, early on, I want to say it was like week two of COVID. I was talking to one of our attorneys in Utah, Jonathan Wynn, about um, unique opportunities to try to get cases resolved. And we did just briefly touch on mediation. And maybe you can talk about how mediators are selected. Maybe, you know, you certainly can come to an agreement or you could be very deliberative to find a a retired judge. I've used a retired judge locally, which who practiced in family law that I practice in front of. So I knew what we were getting and I knew what they liked to do. And I knew kind of the, uh, the decisions that they would typically make. So maybe you can talk a little bit about how mediators are selected, the guys listening. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I agree with what you said. Typically, the best mediators in my experiences are either family law practitioners who a portion of their practice is dedicated to mediation, 
or retired judges or retired masters who are no longer in the court system, but they would have been somebody where your case would have gone before. They're just not in that role now. So in my experience, who the mediator is, is very important to the mm. success of the outcome. And the more experience yeah. that the mediator has in family law, um, then I think you're more likely to get a positive outcome and hopefully a resolution. No, I'm, I agree completely. Yeah. And I think if you get an opportunity to try and handpick your mediator, uh, you know, I know of a few that I, depending upon my issues, obviously I'm going to really think through that. If I've got a maintenance case, an alimony, I'm not going to pick a certain judge that I know because I know historically, you know, the max that they're going to hit on and what typically types of, you um, you know, decisions that they'd hand down. If it's a custody and I'm, I've got an advantage, you know, I, I just think there's so many opportunities for guys when they're selecting it, but you may run into an issue where you have an experience similar to like you, uh, who may also know the judge you're trying to pick and not like it. So it becomes a little bit of a difficult and it's maybe a game of trying to select and um, you could always ask someone else to pick a third party, but it, there's, some, you know, maybe we'll get to the risks, the pros and the cons. But sure. um, one thing that came to mind is what I tell clients about mediation is how long does it last? When I was in, in Georgia, uh, I would tell the clients, well, it could last three minutes or, you know, 10 hours. It really just depends. Now we had some minimum requirements, you know, I think you had to good faith get in there for three hours. So typically, in your experience, in, in the areas in which in the states that you practice, well, how long sure. is it taking? Well, I, I kind of echo your sentiment. I think that, you know, when it's a court-ordered mediation, typically you just have to show up and have a good faith, mm -hmm. you know, 15, 20 minutes, and that would be sufficient. So that, that would, in Florida, for example. But if you select a private mediator, which um, that's, oh, in Florida, for example, that's an option. Um, you go before, you know, a retired judge, a really good mediator, and it can last, and depending on your issues, it can last anywhere from three, six, ten hours, and sometimes you even schedule a second or third day mm -hmm. if you have, you know, complex business issues. So it really, it's, it's not one size fits all. I think mediation can really be tailored to your particular case, um, and you can also schedule it such that you're just going to deal with discrete issues depending on your jurisdiction. You know, some jurisdictions bifurcate the cases and you're only ever dealing with one, one issue like Pennsylvania where I practice. But on the flip side, Florida, uh, where, where I've also practiced, you're, all the issues are together so you can really decide how, how you're going to, um, you know, present the issues to a judge, but it, to, mm -hmm. excuse me, to a mediator. But it really is going to depend on, on your case and the buy-in of the parties. You know, how do they, do they want to resolve it? Do you, do you want to use mediation? And, and maybe you do, and maybe you don't. So that's really going to dictate how long it is. I've been in, you know, 10 hour mediations and I've been in 15 minute mediations. It, it really depends. You know, and I can, as I'm thinking through this and I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of someone listening and think, well, why do I need it? You know, and I have talked about, or, you know, and you and everyone else here in the firm, we probably talked more about mediation than we ever have in our lives. And simply because of what COVID has done to the court system, particularly, there are other advantages I want to hear about and, and maybe perhaps why someone would choose mediation. But I just want to throw out there is that, you know, especially when I was talking with Jonathan Wynn 28 weeks, 29 weeks ago, we did find it, and I think also Rosario in San Diego, that it was really a real good way to get a resolution while the courts were closed. For example, here in St. Louis County, we're still stuck in phase one. We've been bouncing between phase zero and one for about 26 weeks. We can't get out of it, which means 
there are no in-person hearings. There's really no trials being handled. Some judges are trying to do it via Zoom who are really comfortable with the technology and also you know, the privacy and confidential nature of it, making sure it's secure. For some dads out there, the coronavirus pandemic has become a pretext to limit access to their children. Other dads have been pushed out of key decisions affecting their children's lives. If you're one of those dads, Cordell & Cordell is here for you, as always, but with expanded services. We can meet you in person or by video conference on weekdays, evenings, or weekends. Our goal is to step up our service to meet your needs now. So mediation has become a great conversation piece to try to get a resolution uh, for clients who just don't want to wait and see what happens. So perhaps uh, you can also talk about why else someone would consider mediation in addition to the COVID things. Sure. Well, I mean, I absolutely agree with you with respect to COVID. I think another reason why people, some people like mediation is it really offers certainty. And, you know, we all know we go to a trial, we, we might, you know, know the judge, we, we may have had a similar set of facts, but the reality is no one's ever had that exact set of facts in front of that judge um, with the other side. So, you know, it's always, no matter how much experience you have, in my opinion, no matter how much trial work you do, there, there's a, a degree of uncertainty. You, you just don't know because it's one person deciding your case. And I really find that mediation is the opposite of that. You have control over the outcome. The case only resolves when you agree to it. So you can, it enables you to prioritize what's important to you, what's not important to you. And again, it speaks to the quality of the mediator that you're using, but it really gives you control. Um, it gives you control over a process, which as we know, and our clients know, can feel really out of control. Mm -hmm. um, and so it kind of helps you take the power back a little bit in your case. And like specifically, if we're talking about children's issues, you know, those are, can be difficult to sometimes throw before a judge because you may have a really great case, but you know, at the end of the day, the judge may just give you a really one size fits all schedule. Um, maybe didn't hear, you know, your, your child's, you know, sleeping schedule or feeding schedule. Um, he or she may just say, this is a case, you're going to get my, my normal schedule. Um, but in mediation, it's the opposite. You can really just tell a mediator, you know, this is what's important to me. Um, and then make, you know, try and resolve your case where you at least get a few things or some things that, um, that are important to you. And the same would go for divorce issues. So, you know, for me and the way I explain it to my clients is it's really certainty and control over the outcome. And obviously yeah. we all have, you know, more risk tolerance than others. Um, and so it's just a good thing for clients to consider. And, you know, some people like that, some people are willing to roll the dice, but um, I, I'd say that's one of the, you know, aside from getting finality and how that's important with COVID, it's also, you know, having certainty and knowing the outcome rather than, you know, putting your evidence out there and waiting sometimes weeks, months um, for, for a judge to make a decision. Yeah. I mean, I, I tell, I've told clients, I mean, going before a judge, you know, it's um, they're making a decision on your children, your property, your pension, they don't know you. They don't know your kids, and, and it is a risk. Uh, and you're risking whether or not the judge is paying attention, whether the judge really cares. They've just heard four other cases this week. You know, they're tired, they, they really put the effort into it, and, and it shows perhaps when a judge just goes, well, this is just a standard schedule. Well, it really shouldn't be, right? So you do get the opportunity, as you suggest, to try to take that away. Um, from, you know, and control some, where a mediator really will dig to try to create a custom-tailored 
result where to the extent possible, everyone walks away somewhat happy. Mm-hmm. You know, I always say divorce is about degrees of losing. There is no winner. You know, it's really how you're going to walk away with less. I, I've never seen a case where someone gets 100% of the property and 100% of the custody and 100% of the fees. It just doesn't happen. They may get close, but they don't get it all. So someone's always unhappy on both sides. So yeah. I think that's a really good point to talk about control and certainty to the extent that you can. And I think one other thing as I was thinking through it, listening is I had a case where last year, even before COVID, it was really important for us to get this resolved before the end of the year. And we weren't going to get a trial setting until spring at that point. So we had to get a mediator. We knew that this was our only chance. The other side didn't know we, you know, one of the reasons we were trying to get this resolved, but there was something in the, in the, in 2020, we didn't want part of the marriage and considered marital property successfully did it. And now there's a cost to it, but you, it's one of those things where guys, I think in family law aren't presented with that opportunity. And that's why I think this is such a great topic uh, to talk about and to, and that they should, you know, facilitate and have that conversation, which reason, I guess raises the next question is what would be the cons? What are the negatives to mediation for guys? You know, it's not all, you know, flowers and, and pretty sunshine and rainbows. There's some cons to mediation. So what are those? Sure. I mean, I think the biggest con, and it's, it kind of speaks to what you said, you know, no one gets it all, but you know, we're practitioners. This is, this is what we do. You know, every day we, we live and breathe this, so we know it, but sometimes I think our clients um, rightfully so want to go before a judge and really want to, you know, have their day in court. And sometimes that really is worthwhile and sometimes it's not. And so I think, you know, in my experience, just sort of the regret of feeling like maybe you made too many compromises or you would have gotten a better outcome if, if you went to trial um, that's, a, that's a negative because, you know, we can never tell you what, what the outcome would have been, obviously, if you, if you went to trial. But, you know, living with that, I, I think, is a con because, you know, sometimes, you know, our, our clients, they, they want to they try their case. They want to present the facts. And so you are giving, giving that up. Um, and so in my experience, that's sort of the buyer's remorse or the regret um, mm-hmm. it is a con. And, and you know, you, you may have done better, you know, and that's something you also right. have to, to understand. So, you know, that that's sort of the struggle and that's what I've advised my clients you know, yeah. when I'm trying to counsel them to, to make a decision, you know, you have, you're not going to get your day in court. Are you going to be comfortable with that? Um, so it's definitely a consideration that you really have to think about. It's like any settlement. It's, you know, when I would run through an agreement in court and uh, I always put my client on the stand and I always say to them, and it's very similar to mediation. I said, you understand that we're waiving our right to a trial and that the result may have been better. It may have been worse. It may have been the same. Who knows? You just, it's the unknown. Um, but the level of certainty, finality, you know, sometimes mental health, physical health, just having it over, it's a, it's a um, uncalculable, or I guess, benefit, right? We can't figure that out, and, but it's worth it. But it is, I, I agree. And some people feel like, you know, the uncertainty, oh, gosh, I wish I would have done this. Maybe I could have gotten better. You're always going to have that. And you're going to have a friend. I love that. So my, my friend's friend's sister told me that they got this. And it's always going to happen. So I just try to tell my clients to ignore what other people say because everyone's different. And that's what I think I love about family law is that to me, every case is different. The results tend to be different. There's some, you know, child support calculations and some things that we can fairly predict, but I think that's uh, of value really. Um, But I think also, you know, when we think about mediation, it, you know, it is kind of an interesting way and path for them to just get resolution right away. But the con is again, uh, you know, it's regret. And so maybe I think you can give guys um, 
some takeaways as we kind of wrap up our, our talk today and our podcast on mediation. Kind of what should they be thinking here? Is it for everybody? Is that something they should have a conversation with their attorney? What should they be doing as a takeaway? I mean, I think as a takeaway, it's important to, and we, we didn't quite touch on this, is and the mediation that I think you know you and I are suggesting is always to have an attorney. So there are some times where people consider mediation without attorneys. And I do think that, you know, while I, I think resolution offers something really great, you still want to have an attorney um, advise you what are what are possible outcomes, what's a good a good settlement for you. So a takeaway would be, you know, mediation really should be done in tandem with an attorney. Um, and the second thing, just as a takeaway, is I, in my opinion, I think it's always worth a conversation because a good attorney is going to tell you, is mediation going to be effective in your case? Is there enough buy-in? You know, is it worth the investment? Um, so I think it's always worth a conversation and any attorney is going to tell you, is this something you should do or not? Yeah, I agree. So the one thing I also, and the clients, and I get, they, they feel a sense of pressure um, that they have to get it resolved in mediation. So I, I'm the onset, I said, look, you have any doubt, we walk away, period. We can always come back to the table later and try to mediate again, but you've got to never feel that like I must, I'm compelled to settle because that's the worst ever. In, in anything, whether it's a settlement conference at court and you're trying to talk through it, whether informal mediation or formal mediation, then for me, the takeaway and, and listen, it, it's worth it. Now, there's a cost, right? You have to pay the mediator, you pay your attorneys, but hey, it's a, for me, it's a free look into the other side's case. I get to hear exactly what they're saying, what they're complaining about you, what their positions are, why they think they get it. We don't like it, now I'm prepared. So I like it. I like, I do informal mediation where I don't have a neutral. Um, I bring the other, the other attorney and their, their uh, client to the table and it's just the four of us. Um, I'm a big fan of that. So I like mediation, whether it's formal or informal. So this is why it's a really a great topic today to discuss. So. Thanks for giving great insight to guys and kind of breaking it down in a real, you know, easy to understand way and giving them some takeaways. So thanks for joining today. Of course. I, I enjoyed our conversation. I hope it was helpful to our listeners. Yeah, I'm sure it was. So continue to tune into these podcasts where we're going to bring you just concrete examples like today, things that you can write down, take away, and really facilitate a further conversation with your attorney. And that's what this is all about. It's really giving you and equipping you with the information that you need to make really good decisions moving forward to position you and to be in the best position possible to achieve your goals. So find us on the web at cordellcordell.com. Give us a call, 866-DADS-LAW. Until next time, have a great week. 